Welcome to the Turning Point Podcast. I'm Marita Spada. If you are already a fan of the podcast, welcome back. If you're new to the podcast, I speak with creatives and entrepreneurs about what turning points had the most impact in their lives and how they laid the foundation to their own journeys. My own turning point was when I decided to leave Puerto Rico with three suitcases and move to San Francisco with just an idea of what I wanted to do and little to no money. This led me to several business ventures from working at several tech startups to joining a company as employee number two of a team that later on became a public traded company. And now creating a podcast that focuses on business and mental health to increase productivity and performance. With that said, are you wondering if creating a YouTube channel in 2020 is still a possibility for your brand or business? Do you have an idea that you want to get off the ground? Then this is the episode for you. My guest today is Spencer Pugh, an internet entrepreneur that by owning his own craft, gained the skills necessary to have a successful YouTube channel. He is also the co-founder of Harvest Digital Marketing and recently launched a new coffee venture called Eve & Co. Before we kick off the show, if you are enjoying the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you can leave a rating and a review. Now, let's rock and roll. Spencer, thank you so much for being part of the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So I like to kind of kick off uh, just learning a little bit about you, sharing that background and story with the listeners. Sure. So I grew up in Salem, Virginia, so Southwest Virginia. Um, it's a little town and it's actually encircled by Roanoke, which is where I live now. So kind of next door. Pretty cool childhood, played sports. I was encouraged by my parents to do lots of different stuff. So I got into um, guitar and singing and songwriting in eighth grade and fell in love with that whole concept and idea. And uh, when I went to college at Virginia Tech, um, I founded a band and we played around and I actually didn't know what I wanted to be major wise in college. Um, But I ended up picking like a simple major, which was communications, just so I could focus on the band uh, while still getting some degree. Uh, So that's sort of what led me into the whole field of um, marketing, I guess, in a way, without me really knowing it. Um, Just using social media to connect with fans and um, yeah, just share cool stuff. And I fell in love with photography, videography, storytelling in that way, um, which then sort of led me to where I am now. after leaving college and the band sort of fell apart, we all sort of moved back to our hometowns and got big people jobs. Um, I uh, thought I would try my hand at marketing. I had a communications degree and a lot of companies will sort of, you know, if they're looking for a marketing person, ask for marketing or communications and digital marketing was, and is, I should say really new to my area. We're a little bit behind the times here in Roanoke. So I found this huge gap where companies knew social media was helpful and they wanted to use it for their company, but they had no idea how to sort of utilize it. So I sort of slipped in that gap and started my first company um, trying to help people with that, creating media content for them and then showing them sort of how to use it online. So that's sort of where I am now, I guess. I think in a little bit, we'll probably get into my latest venture, but um, that sort of brings, I guess, you up to speed on who I am and what I do. Nice, nice. I did like that you tried different things. I think that's very much within 
our generation. I think you, you and I are probably in the same generation. So I think it's kind of like we all somehow were, we went to college just because at the time, yeah. um, I think our parents kind of advised us to do that. But then you end up in this kind of like gap in your life, I think like mid twenties or so where you're just like trying new things, experimenting new things and leads you into this somehow entrepreneurship path just because we're in this age of the internet. And so you feel like you want to keep learning new things. So I kind of, I kind of really understand where you were coming from with that story. The reason why we ended up talking today is because, you know, I go into YouTube to try to like learn different things for either podcasting or whatever else that I'm working on. And I stumbled upon your channel and I really liked it because I'm really into journaling and she's, it really helps you kind of visualize what you want to do. And you probably just, you know, um, can probably agree with that point. Um, <laughs> And so I was curious, what led you to create the YouTube channel? Because I know that you're like in digital marketing, but the channel, I don't think it's really focused on that. It's more like mm -hmm. I said, maybe on journaling. And I think now you being a new parent. So congrats on that. Yeah, um, thank you. You're sharing a lot of those stories. And I think that's essential as well. But what led you to create the channel? Yeah, so I actually started on YouTube in 2009 uh, when I was really getting into music. And I started a music channel. Um, and I was off and on with that, making content, whether it was once a week, I, I'll, I'll find myself in this place where I jump around from like hobby to hobby and really sort of spending a lot of time in them in little pockets uh, of my life. And music was huge for a while there. I was doing a music video a week. And so I fell in love with YouTube and sort of the community there way back in 2009. Uh, it just felt so much different to me than like Instagram or Facebook. Um, yep. I don't know, but so I guess when I started my own company um, out of college, I sort of started the channel as like a visual podcast in a way. I, I was doing stuff on entrepreneurship and sort of as I was learning it, I was kind of speaking about it. Um, and then that channel sort of turned into things I was in. I was kind of reviewing products and things like that. And then bullet journaling, I discovered that um, I think just off a couple other YouTubers and Instagrammers. And I thought it was really cool. I've always been obsessed with like, for some reason, putting things in the right place. And I saw like the dot grid bullet journal as a cool way of like having sort of a blank slate, but not really like it was still structured, but a way that I could, you know, put my thoughts down and, and use, I used a lot of what I learned from other people. Matt Ragland was one of them. Yep. He, his channel is awesome. Um, so I sort of took little bits, made my own and then put out a video and uh, it was my first bullet journal video and it didn't do well um, for a while. And then I guess it was around the holiday season in 2018 or something. I guess YouTube just said, this is what people are interested in and pushed it out. And that video like shot up and sort of grew my channel. And it was kind of bittersweet because uh, I wanted more followers. Obviously I wanted people to be interested in what I was interested in, but it just became a bullet journal channel off that one video. And so many people were just like, Hey, show us how you do this or let's see another bullet journal video. And I was kind of like, uh, like, the purpose of that first video was to say like, it's a minimalist bullet journal. So like, I don't, I'm not really going to be changing it a lot. Like it's very simple and it's more about productivity. So I've had this struggle of trying to like break away from bullet journaling, but also I'm always like, man, maybe I should make another one, you know, just to sort of give those followers what they want. So 
that was kind of a long-winded answer of why it all started, but that's sort of where it is now. So no, that's good. That's good. And I feel I feel the same way because I use it, and it's like I found a template that kind of like works for me, and so I use it daily. But I'm not gonna be like I started a YouTube channel, and um, mine is kind of a bit different. But if I were in your shoes, I wouldn't change it just for the sake of like giving the followers what they want. Right. Because I feel like if it works for you, then you explain why it works for you and maybe give them some um, ideas of where to go if they want to like just make it more their style. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I, and I know that you've kind of like pivoted a little bit with your channel. And so what are you thinking that maybe, you know, um, you, you're still trying to figure it out? What are you thinking the channel's going to look like? Are you looking to keep doing videos? Are you looking to change that style? Are you looking to incorporate a little bit of your business into that personal channel? Do you like to keep that apart? Yeah, I think I think I just decided even early on with the channel, I wanted it to just be a place where I just create stuff. And I think, I mean, you have daily vloggers who literally will walk around just showing you what they do in a day. And I figured like, you know, I'd love for the channel to be successful, but at the same time, like, it's just sort of a little creative outlet for me. So, you know, I've had companies reach out and um, ask me to review products. And that's really fun for me. Um, they're starting to pay me now too, which is kind of crazy it's it's just little bits amount of amount of amount of money but um it's just incentive and it kind of says like yeah keep doing this you know even if it's more of a hobby thing so you know i tried when my my daughter was born i had always told my wife maria that i was going to vlog that experience just because i used to vlog with the band and we had a couple youtube channels uh, where we vlogged touring and and studio time and i love watching those back so more than anything i just like having those videos so i wanted to do that when um my daughter was born so i i tried that out on the channel hoping that making a daily video which it was for a while would sort of help um boost the channel and i actually lost like quite a few subscribers which was kind of heartbreaking but also kind of like maybe this is what I need if I want this channel to break away from just bullet journaling. Like I, I want to be able to stick around to want to know what I'm doing all the time, not just when I'm doing my bullet journal stuff. So I think that's sort of where it's headed. Just whatever it kind of wants to be. And hopefully people enjoy the lifestyle aspect more than just the bullet journal stuff. Yeah. And I agree. And it's kind of like kind of bittersweet, I guess, when you lose followers, because yeah. you want to keep that momentum, but you don't, want people to stay because they want to determine what your channel looks like mm -hmm. like it should be you determining because you're the one putting in the time at least you know that, that's how i see it right sure um for you know creatives and entrepreneurs that are listening um now as we're kind of like wrapping up 2020 and coming into 2021 do you in your experience do you think that it's too late for someone to start a youtube channel whether it is personal or for their business like do you think there's still a market for someone to come as a beginner and just figure it out and just like throw things up to a wall and see what sticks. <laughs> we will get to our conversation in just a moment. But before we do, I wanted to give you all a few quick reminders. If you would like to view more free content relating to mental clarity and how this can help you as a creative and entrepreneur, you may visit maritaspada.com. The link is in the description of the episode. With all that said, let's get back to the show. Yeah, I... I I don't think it's too late at all. I don't, I don't think it ever will be because I think each person and personality has their own sort of voice. And um, I don't know, everyone's different. And I think like literally I learned recently, there are people who will read books and take notes on them and then put them on a website. And then they're making six figures off people like 
reading their notes on books and then just running ads on their website. And it's just crazy to me. Like, I think it's definitely something, I mean, for me, the YouTube channel isn't like full-time business. So it's something I can experiment with. I can like mess around with and choose to do something that might not help and more so hurt. Um, but I don't think anyone should just say like, I can't do it because I'm too late to the game. Cause I think, Somewhere in the world, there's a group of people who want to hear what you have to say about a topic or how you view something. So I think it's definitely something we're trying, um, learning more about if you're interested in it, maybe not jumping in like full steam ahead, but maybe, I mean, I've heard a lot of people doing that and finding success. I'll just be a little careful. So, yeah. And I agree with you with, with people just having different channels. I follow someone, I can't remember his name, but I think the channel is called, uh, productivity game and he just like read books and just has pdfs of those books and those videos and so for me it's like there's a lot of like self-help books that i'm like i don't know if i want to spend the time on this one in particular but i would love to just get like the cliff notes yeah and that's exactly what he does for you seven minutes eight minutes of a video of that book the pdf you're done and you get yeah. basically everything you need and he has a huge following and it's just him doing the video with what looks like some PowerPoint video <laughs> yeah. in the background as he's reading it or yeah. reading his notes, what he gathered from reading the book and makes seems like he's making a killing with it. Yeah. And, and just because he's had that idea and he's doing well, doesn't mean that you can't also do that. Like I said, like people probably enjoy him, his personality and his way of note taking, which might be very different from your own or the way you prefer to do it. So even with something as niche and like kind of small as that, there's there's a lot of possibility. Well, if you even go back to like um, when Facebook started back, you know, what is it, 2004 or something like that? It was like Friendster, which I never used. <laughs> and and you can see it in the movie and in the book because I read the book as well. And, and he basically found the gaps in Friendster to make Facebook. Sure. Yep. And, and that's how it started. Just like the relationship status that Friendster didn't have that or like MySpace where you needed to know HTML and CSS to have mm -hmm. a background. I actually had a little side business where I would like make them and hey. sell them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> find the money where you can. That's awesome. um, and so it's like, it's like nice to be able to like just get a whiteboard where the gaps in that product on that service or whatever it is. And that's how you build your business. Just making something else, labeling something different and just, you know, making money out of that and growing sure. that business. So I think that's important too. Um, and so in, in moving just a little bit away from, from tech and, and YouTube, um, I'm a big coffee fan. I have like a Chemex and a V60 and I don't even know how many machines I have now. So I'm trying, I'm a minimalist, but this is like, this is now, I'm, I'm yeah. not a minimalist when it comes to that. It's horrible. So I keep just buying things. Um, I love just trying new coffees. Nowadays you have subscriptions for so many different coffee shops. Um, I, I don't remember if I was watching YouTube. I don't know how I found out that you are now essentially basically trying to kick off and, and get the, what you need to kick off your, your coffee business. So I wanted to learn a little bit about that. And I guess what steps are you doing to, to do that and, and also like stay competitive? Because hmm. there are a lot of people that want to do that because of the passion of just loving coffee. For sure. Yeah. So um, the idea came about um, my wife has always had a huge heart for um, mom, like motherhood, babies, families. And she's always been very passionate and speaks out about that and stuff. And, and like will love and pick up any kid she sees. She's awesome. <laughs> um, and I was always like, 
you know, I, I love kids too, but I, I don't have as much of a passion as she does with that. And so I, I never really knew how I could like really support her in that other than just being happy with her being that way. And so I was constantly sort of thinking like, how can I put my passions of starting business or social media or marketing with something she likes? Um, and we both love coffee. We drink it every day. Um, anytime we go to a new city, we try out the, the best coffee shop there. Um, she got me a subscription, like you're saying, to a company called Misto Box, who does like a new brand every month or whatever they send uh, in the mail, which is awesome. Um, but I, I was just kind of thinking like, how can maybe we start some sort of coffee business where proceeds go towards uh, helping families, supporting families and babies and motherhood and things like that. So the original idea was to open a coffee shop locally um, and, and give proceeds to the local pregnancy resource center or something like that. Um, but upon sort of discussing and researching further, like the startup costs for brick and mortar is kind of crazy. And this, this was pre-COVID, so that was out of the picture. And even then we were kind of like, what's an easier way to get started with this? Um, we made really great friends with another couple who literally lived like two minutes away. And we told them the first night upon meeting them uh, and hanging out and eating dinner about this idea. And they were immediately like, we want in, which was kind of crazy. So right off the bat, um, there were four of us, which is crazy. Um, but we've, we've learned and, and grown together. And so we decided, and this is sort of the business model right now to go with online coffee bags that we will ship ground or whole bean. Um, whether you want it subscription-based, like a bag each month, two bags each month, whatever you want to do, or just one-off orders. Um, and then for every bag of coffee that we sell, we're giving three diapers to the local um, pregnancy resource center. So we sort of talked with them and asked like, what, what are families in need, like wanting, like, do they need formula? Do they need just support? Like, what is it? And, uh, diapers was a huge thing. Like they're always giving out diapers, but they're always in need of diapers. So I think we learned about one in three families in the U S uh, have trouble affording diapers. So that was sort of our idea with the one in three and the three per bag. And it really came together. Uh, we chose the name Eve and company, um, Eve and co coffee because of the idea of, you know, Eve being the first mother, um, uh, in the Bible and sort of the company part being like in every other mom family, you know, who's trying to support, you know, kids and, 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 and grow families and things like that. So that's sort of it. Uh, like you said, right now we've got all the pieces together, but we need um, to be funded. It's something that we put quite a bit of our own money into to try and get started. But uh, we, we ended up starting a Kickstarter on kickstarter.com to try and raise some money and, I think we have about 19 days left as of today, which is, I don't know when this episode's going out, but it's the 19th of November. So, um, and we're about 50, I think 60% funded. So we feel really confident um, and really good about it. Uh, one way I'll share with you that we sort of got ready for this idea is when we decided we wanted to do something coffee-based and we had met Sarah and Justin, the other couple we're working with, I knew and I had seen in many other companies, even brick and mortars around town, that one way to really start a company is to, even if you don't have funds or a building or product yet, is to start a community, start the idea and start telling people about it. Even if uh, there's, there's a company in town, which is like a hot yoga and cycling studio, which is like 
crazy cool for Roanoke. Like we don't have anything super fun like that, like you'd find in bigger cities. Um, they started doing meetings and uh, classes around town and just sort of building this community of people who are excited about the idea of wellness and the hustle and the haven, the working and the relaxing and um, having speakers come in. And uh, it's a really great way to start the community. And then once you're ready to open up your doors or sell a product, you already have all these people who are kind of like, I want to buy something from you, like whatever it is, like, I love what you're doing. So we actually started a podcast called cold coffee, a podcast for mamas, uh, with the idea being, you know, we brought on moms, new moms, moms that have been around for a bit. Um, and, and just sort of had them give their experiences in, in their, um, advice and things. So we, we started building this podcast group. And then when we were ready to launch the Kickstarter, we already had quite a few listeners who were at that point of like, oh, wow, okay, well, I've been asking how I can help you guys. So like, this is perfect. You know, this is a way of doing that. So I think it's a great way. Anybody even like a YouTuber, anything like that, just starting and trying to drum up noise for free you know, basically starting a community and, and opening things up to discussion and really can also help you figure out what your product should be specifically. Like what are these people who are in your community wanting out of your product? Something like that. So that would be something I learned quickly and has worked for us. So something I would definitely recommend anyone who's looking to start up a business or a company or anything like that to try out. Yeah. And I love the idea. I love the idea of building something and at the same time, helping someone else. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm, I'm a meditation coach too, when I'm not podcasting. And so, because cool. I feel that during this time, there's a lot of like, uh, your calendar's still packed uh, somehow because you're still working <laughs> and there's still things to do. I feel like my calendar did not slow down in any way. And, and there is times where you just need to like, let's just do nothing. Keep your yeah. expectations low to do nothing and just take a moment to relax because our mental health is important and we don't sure. really take that time to do that. So I like that with what you're doing, you're also helping moms because I feel like at least the the friends that I have that have children, um, there's different types of moms, right? There's those that want to continue working full time and be a mom. There are those that want to stay home and just stay home with their kids. And then there are those that want to stay home with their kids, but they feel that there's something else that they want to do, right? Yeah. That they want to have that little side hustle or something to keep themselves busy and keep the mind going. Cause otherwise yeah. you're, you're probably just watching <laughs> Paw Patrol all day. So want to, you know, want to balance that out a little bit. And so I think it's good that you guys have the podcast, you invite those moms and then you're also doing the business. Um, if people want to help, uh, you know, kind of help you with the business in some sorts, um, if Kickstarter is, I, I know you said 19 more days, right? Mm -hmm. um, are you looking for investors? Are you looking for any other help where, if, you know, if anyone that's listening and wants to to help with this business, they, they can somehow um, chip in in some way yeah, other absolutely. than the Kickstarter? Well, um, I think the Kickstarter, like as long as we reach our goal, that's, that's going to get us sort of off the ground. But obviously, if you like coffee, um, we only have one blend right now, which we're super proud of and excited about. Um, but in the future, we're planning on, you know, making more blends and even expanding into maybe like shippable um, like cold brew coffee and things like that. So honestly, if they want to help at all, just maybe keep a lookout for our website right now. They can help by going to the mm -hmm. Kickstarter and there's different tiers, you know, you know, the first tier is more just like a donation, if you will. The second tier gets you a bag of coffee and you get more and more coffee as it goes up and we throw in stickers and things. But honestly, as long as we get up 
off the ground, anyone just interested in ordering coffee and, you know, helping families is, is what we're looking for. So that's the best way to help. Nice. Nice. And in going a little bit back, cause I know this is not the first business that you've kind of like just built from the ground up. Um, do you have any like tips or advice for anyone that's just like right now, all they have is like a piece of paper and a pen and they're just trying to get their thoughts together on what to do. Do you have any um, tips on how to just kind of formulate that idea a little bit more, give it some structure and then just kind of bring it to, to the public basically? Sure. So when I started my first company, I went through a program called the Gauntlet, which is kind of a, an economic development company in Vinton, a town over from here, um, helps with, I would say the biggest thing, it's something I didn't do with sort of my first two media companies, but I did with the coffee company is look for your like local small business development center. Um, I think most like regions have them uh, in some way, shape or form, because obviously the government wants more business localities want more business. So they have resources that are literally free to help you figure out um, like what your audience should be. If your product is even sellable in your area, what sort of legal documents and fees and things you're going to have to pay. And they just have this wealth of knowledge and they're helping businesses all day, every day. So it's kind of like, and for me, it was kind of a mistake for not taking advantage of it with my first two companies. Um, but with, even co the coffee company um they've been so helpful even you know in the future we'd love to open a brick and mortar coffee shop still that's still uh, a goal of ours and they're able to help with real estate and finding brokers and finding investors and things like that so definitely just seek those opportunities and then also just research um look up stuff on youtube <laughs> youtube <laughs> has literally been my favorite thing since forever even back learning guitar. It's how I taught myself. So there's a lot of people out there teaching really cool stuff. So yeah, maybe you'll make a video too and you can help them hey, out. <laughs> just, great idea. just, you know, it's <laughs> like fired up today. Yeah. Um, so this is, this has been great, but I like to kind of like wrap up and have, um, all my guests answer a couple of questions that I kind of keep them standard in every, every podcast interview. Um, and one of them is, uh, what books have you read lately and maybe a book that really made it impacting your life or that you read a sentence or chapter and you were like, huh, that actually makes a difference. And I want to actually apply that to my life in some way. Sure. Yeah. It's funny. A lot of people are on the fence about Gary V. Um, but if you're looking for a high energy entrepreneur kind of guy, <laughs> uh, when I was, before I started my own company, I actually worked for um, an executive search firm, which was really weird. I didn't even know what that was when I started there, but I worked for them for a year and I came across Gary Vee and every day I was watching his like daily vlogs and getting so amped. And I actually read his book, Jab, 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 Right Hook, which is about like ways of doing social media. It's probably a little dated at this point, but for some reason, if you're interested in social media, that book really like opened my eyes to a good way and system of looking at social media. And that's when I sort of realized that no one else in the area was really doing it well. So if you found you're in like maybe a more rural, rural town or something and people aren't really utilizing social media, uh, ads and things are probably really inexpensive to go by on Facebook and Instagram and stuff. So I don't know that's a great book by Gary V. Obviously all of his stuff is, is really fun. It's very easy to read and easy to consume. 
Um, the other book I would recommend is Do More Better by Tim Challies. Um, it's a very short reading. It's like 100, 200 pages in like a really small book. And it just sort of gave me a very good way of uh, being productive with all the tasks and companies and things I have going on in my life and sort of keeping your priorities straight. And then from there, making sure every bit of incoming information you have has its like right place to exist. Um, I still use that stuff to this day and it was such a short and easy read. So I guess those would be my two I'd recommend. Nice, nice. And I see your point about Gary Vee because I feel like he is very high energy <laughs> and there's days where I may feel not very motivated, but I yeah. know that I have to do a couple of things, kind of like slow growth for mm -hmm. either the podcast or whatever other business I'm trying to, to kick off. And so you want to watch him and you watch him and you're like, oh my God, okay, this is what I needed. It's like a five hour energy in like yeah, a podcast right? <laughs> or in a YouTube video. And so like without actually drinking it. And so in that point, Yes, I love his material and I love what he has to share. But then there's times where I'm already motivated and I, and I watch him and I just get stressed out because I'm like, yeah. well, I'm, I'm, so I feel that's where people are coming from. <laughs> sure. Where like his material is really useful. He's packed with knowledge. He's built successful businesses. He knows so much. He's an expert basically in this, but it's the timing on when you watch it. I right. think that's where, <laughs> where the question is, right? Yeah. And I think something cool about him, um, I've stopped watching him. I think he sort of, I don't know, I found him at a part, a point in my life where I was a little like, I don't know what I should be doing. And I think he sort of got me to the point where I was like, wow, maybe I should try things on my own. And ever since then, I kind of, you know, I mean, he's doing his thing. He's awesome, but I don't, I don't really listen to him that much anymore. And I think something cool about him is he actually encourages that. He's like, once you figure out everything you need to like, go like, stop watching my stuff. Like, spend your time working on that stuff, not watching what I'm doing and trying to represent. So I like that about them too. It's pretty yeah, cool. I like that. And it's just like all relationships, right? They're either there in your life for like, like a reason, a season or like a lifetime. And I feel like that's exactly what he is. He mm -hmm. comes and helps a lot of 20 year olds and even 30 year olds or 40 year olds, but it's, it's a season. And then sometimes if you're looking for some motivation, you'll Absolutely. find the right video, watch <laughs> it and you're ready to go. So it's that's good. Right. Um, and then my other question before we wrap up is how do you unwind kind of at the end of the day? What do you like to do to just like decompress and just relax after, you know, all the businesses and things that you might be doing? Sure. I have a really hard time. Uh, it's probably my biggest flaw, like trying to just relax. I can't, I like, I don't know what it is, man. My legs are always shaking. Um, you know, my wife loves watching TV to relax. We watch bravo all day every day i can tell you most of the people's names on bravo probably just <laughs> from secondhand viewing um but i mean it's entertaining tv but i don't know I, I think just trying to sit down watch that obviously having a daughter now it's great just holding her it's like a weird like dopamine or something that gets released in my head from holding her she's awesome so um other than that i think literally just exploring anything and everything it's just my personality like i feel like i'm most calm when i'm researching some new thing that i'm into so i guess for everyone it's kind of different how you would relax mine doesn't look like chilling with my feet up all that often but um yeah 
Yeah, so that's good. I, I struggle with that too. I have ADHD, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty bad ADHD. And so I feel like I can't relax. Like yeah. I'll go to a vacation where it's just like, it's like <laughs> a pool or whatever. And you see people reading and just, you know, drinking a beer or something. And I'm like, I can't, no, I have to go and see that over there. And what is that over there? And yeah. who is that guy? I'm going to go talk to him. Like I, I can't relax or start searching some new business that I want to do or something. <laughs> that's that's what I do. And forget it. It's like midnight. And I was like, wait, wasn't it five? It's yeah. just, I go through this rabbit hole and my legs shake all the time too. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's bad. It's, <laughs> it's, and I think it's also like who you marry. Like I'm very hyper, very like I talk to everyone and my wife is not like that. She yeah. watches Bravo and TV all the time. And <laughs> very calm, but I, like that's the balance and I yeah. needed that. Oh right? yeah, me And too, I agree. Sure. It's like, I, I know all the names of everyone, but it's not on purpose. I don't, I don't watch <laughs> Bravo normally, yeah. but uh, Below Deck and the Housewives, that, I don't oh, know yeah. how people relax watching that because it right? stresses me out. <laughs> They're like yelling at each other, but yeah. you, you know, to each his own. So I, I completely it. understand. Well, thank you so much. It was a fun, interesting conversation. She's yeah. packed with knowledge. So I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I have to say that the conversation with Spencer today was a fun time. He shared some tips for entrepreneurs that we often don't think about, like looking into local programs as they may have resources. And that is something that is not discussed in the entrepreneur community enough. And in most cases, you may even find a way to fundraise for your business. This does not require bringing in investors. I hope you found value in the conversation today and you're able to apply the lessons that Spencer shared. If you're looking for a way to support the podcast and any future projects, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash Marita Espada. The link is in the description of the episode. With just $1, you can help and also gain some value from helping by selecting the tier that makes the most sense for you. But for now, peace out and see you next time.